everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Said What podcast. My name is Elizabeth and I'm your host for today. Usually I would be joined by Julia and Alexa here in the studio, but it is fall break this week. So we are all resting in separate areas, taking some much needed Sabbath from the semester. So I just wanted to hop on today and take a break from our normal series, which is going to be exploring God's character through the fruits of the Spirit. But today, um, it's our first Testimonial Tuesday. So I'm going to be talking about my testimony, um, how God has worked in my life, and some things that I wish that I had known in my faith walk whenever I was younger. So let's get into it. All right, so first let's talk about what exactly is a testimony. So a testimony is the story of how God um, has redeemed a person, how God has worked in their life. And for a long time, I was a little bit weary of sharing my testimony just because, A, I didn't really know how to share my testimony. So if you would like to do like a crash course on how to share the gospel through your testimony, um, we should totally do a podcast on that. I think that would be very useful for a lot of us who like to do God's ministry. But... I was a little bit weary of sharing my testimony because I felt like it wasn't exciting enough or I felt like because I didn't have this, you know, big, massive turnaround in my life that it wasn't going to be interesting or that it would be dull. But then I threw a lot of people pouring into me. I realized that I am not the star of my story, right? Our testimony is about God and his redeeming power in our life through Jesus and how he has worked in us. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is just... God's story, right? God's story through me is a vessel, which I feel so blessed um, that he has given me the opportunity to share my story, not only through the podcast, but on mission trips and at church and just in one-on-one ministry that I have um, seen a lot of people be able to um, relate relate to my story and be able to, um, you know, see Christ in a different light. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm just going to share a little bit about my my testimony and how I've seen the Lord work. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah. One thing about me that you should know is I am a double pastor's kid. So my dad is um, the teaching pastor at my home church. And my mom was my youth pastor for 11 years, which was such a fun experience, like having your mom uh, get to walk you through those hard teenage years in a ministry setting as well as in the home. That was wonderful. Uh, my mom also recently just, you know, shameless plug for my mom here for a minute. My mom just published a book called Deeply Defined. So that's when she gets to all of the hermeneutics and kind of uh, biblical history and seeing how we are defined in Christ, you know, finding our meaning through Jesus. And so definitely, definitely go check that out. It is on Amazon and Books A Million, anywhere you can find books. So definitely want to hype her up for a second. (laughs) I'm very proud of my mom. Um, But so growing up, I mean, I was in a household where Christ and Christianity was just always a thing. Until I was about 10, I didn't know that anything existed other than Christianity. Like, I'm sure subconsciously I did, but as a child, you don't really think, you know, oh, other people think different than me. You know, you're in this perfect little bubble where everything is harmonious. And my parents did such, such a good job of um, protecting me whenever I was younger from the evils of what the world is. Um, so yeah, I accepted Christ whenever I was seven. I was baptized. I did I did understand um, that I was a sinner and that I needed grace and that my sin separated me from God. And without repentance and without accepting the free gift of Jesus' salvation, that I could not be one with the Lord one day. So 
I was baptized. Um, fun story. I was baptized in a lake in Kentucky because I wanted to be baptized, quote unquote, like Jesus was in a lake. So lucky, luckily, my church does lakeside baptism every year, which is so fun. Um, so yeah, my dad, my dad dunked me in good old Lake Barkley in Kentucky. <laughs> so I accepted Christ, but um, I don't really think I understood the emotional weight of what living as a Christian looks like. And I didn't really know um, the differences in what my life was going to look like in the future. So I went to a private Christian school um, up until, what, fifth grade? Um, and then I had to switch schools and I went to a public school and it was a wonderful school, but clearly there was not as much emphasis on Christianity and teaching the Bible. Um, not a lot of good Christian influence there. And so for the first time, I was exposed to things that were of the world, you know, that were not of Christ. Um, I remember <laughs> I went home. And I was like, Mom, what does this word mean? And it was a curse word. <laughs> you know, poor 10-year-old Elizabeth accidentally swearing. Um, <laughs> but so that was whenever I started to realize, oh, there's people in the world that do not believe in God. Um, and so that, that kind of developed into middle school. Um, I stayed at a, at a public middle school because I wanted to go with my friends. Um, but I, I mean, people knew that I was a Christian. Um, my parents, are there, I said they were pastors, and it's a pretty well-known church in my area. And people would ask me, you know, questions about my faith, like why I believed what I believed, details about it. And I genuinely would not be able to give an answer because my faith was not my own. Um, my faith was just something that had kind of been passed down from my parents. And, you know, I had quiet times. I had my good old, you know, devotional books that I used at night that tell like the little stories. Um, but my faith was not personal. I don't think I really had a connection with Christ that was between just me and the Lord. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, those, those questions were really hard for me to answer. And then, of course, I was taking science classes that explained things like evolution and all those theories. And, you know, I had to put those up with, with what the Bible's creation account is and compare those. And just a lot of opposing influence in my life all at once um, as far as Christianity goes. And so that is when the doubt started to seep into my life. And because I didn't have the good personal faith foundation to back up those doubts, um, I, I fell into them. I gave into them. Um, I distanced myself from Christ. I didn't have a relationship with him. And so like I would go to church and it would seem like everything was okay. Cause you know, my parents had taught me all of these answers to all these, you know, biblical questions. So I would be in Bible study. It would seem like I knew what I was talking about. I was on track. It was great. Um, when in reality on the inside, I was just so confused and I was super lost and I didn't know how to, um, go to my parents and be like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Please talk me through this. Um, cause I felt ashamed. I felt like, Oh, Christians, good Christians aren't supposed to, to have doubts. Right. Um, that could not be more wrong. We see lots of accounts in the Bible from disciples, the people who walked with Jesus, who saw him die on the cross and raise again, um, have doubts about, about him. Um, obviously, the most common one we can, we can think of is Thomas. And I would always read the account of Doubting, doubting Thomas and be like, come on, dude, like, he's right in front of you. How could you doubt that? But in reality, we have those same doubts sometimes right? We have seen Christ work in our lives. We've seen him in other people's lives. I mean, you look outside and you see the details of creation and just the intricacies of the world that he has created around us. And yet we still doubt a divine creator, not in just ourselves, but in the world around us. Um, we even see 
you know, uh, Peter, whenever he walked, walked on the water, he was literally walking on the water. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, would you guys ever try to jump into the pool and like run as fast as you can and maybe, maybe you'll stay on top of the water, right? Well, Peter actually did walk on top of the water. Um, but then he saw the waves around him and those, that storm and he got distracted and he began to doubt the Lord's goodness. And so he began to sink, right? I feel like that's another story we read. And we're like, if you are walking on top of waves, on top of water with Jesus in front of you, how could you doubt? Yet we do the same thing in our lives. We see the goodness of God around us. We have felt the Holy Spirit. Yet as soon as maybe the emotion goes away or we go through a rough patch, we begin to doubt. But I also want to let you guys know, if you are in that right now, it is okay to doubt. It is okay to have questions. The enemy is very real. And whenever he sees a disciple of Christ, someone trying to pursue Christ, the first thing that he's going to go to is to try to get them to doubt God's goodness, if not his entire existence. So just know that first of all, it's okay to doubt, right? Everyone has questions. We do not know everything about God. If we knew everything about God, then he would cease to be God. He would cease to be um, this, you know, amazing creator, because if we knew everything that he could do, then we could do it too. You know what I mean? There wouldn't, there wouldn't be any holiness there. Holiness means to be set apart. God would not be set apart, right? But if you are struggling with doubts, don't sit in those doubts. James 1, 6 says, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, right? It's not a good feeling. I know if you're struggling with doubts, it's very insecure. It's very unstable. It is exactly like that verse in James says, it feels like a wave of the sea just being driven and tossed by the wind. You know, you're a part of something bigger, but you don't know what's going on around you. You don't know the force that's driving you because you can feel the force. You can't see it. You know, that would be the wind. Um, And that's often how doubts in our faith feel like, you know what I mean? But there is hope. Proverbs five, excuse me, Proverbs chapter three, verse five through eight says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So if you are struggling in those doubts, pursue truth. Don't sit in those doubts. Go to your pastor, go to a friend who you know is really strong in their faith, go to your parents, go to someone who can pour into you. Because if your cup is completely empty, not only are gonna, you going to be looking in this cup and being like, yo, where's my living water at? But <laughs> you're not going to be able to pour into other people as well, which is what we're called to do as Christians, right? You can't fulfill your purpose from an empty cup. So fill yourself up with that truth. Pursue after that truth in faith. And go to credible sources too. I feel like that's something that I did wrong um, whenever I was doubting is I would try to go to um, my friends who I have amazing friends and they are so, so strong in, in their faith. Um, however, some of them were, were struggling with the same things that I were, which is honestly a good thing. We're supposed to share our burdens. However, it was not getting me anywhere. So go to someone you know is credible and where you know you can find um, good answers. Um, yeah, and I also want to point out that Doubting is a trial, right? That is a trial that we experience in life. Um, And we see many times in the Bible where um, it's stated that persevering through trials produce faith. Faith is the opposite of doubt, right? That's what's going to help you overcome those doubts and even be stronger in the future. Um, Like James 1.3, going back to James, says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 
right? And that's exactly what we need to run this race towards Christ is endurance. You know, um, our lifetime, it seems long um, for us now. In the grand scheme of things, we are here for a very, very short blip of time. But to run this race towards Christ with endurance, we need that faith to grow. So that's my spiel on doubts. Um, continuing on into um, back to my testimony. So I, yeah, I had, I had so many doubts. Um, also during that time in about early high school, um, as I was, you know, growing up, maybe about what, 14, 15, um, I love my community. I have an incredible church community at home, um, not only at church, but at my school and in my town. And I really wished that I had leaned on that community more during this time um, because the devil saw, the evil one saw that incredible supportive community around me. And he was like, we got to take this away because she is going to grow too fast or she's going to grow too big if she leans on these people. So instead, I felt a lot of pressure um, being, you know, well-known in the community because of my family. I have an amazing, amazing family who is um, very kind, very generous um, in pouring out into, into others in the community. So I felt like this major spotlight effect. And of course, it was definitely more emphasized in my head um, than in reality. But I felt this constant pressure to be perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me, this constant pressure to be perfect. And I had to look a certain way. I had to act a certain way. I had to um, represent my parents well because I reflected on my parents and my parents represent the church and the church represents, you know, the body of Christ. And obviously that pressure was not on me. (laughs) Like there is grace when we mess up, um, especially from the church. You know, the church is not a place for perfectionists, you know? I mean, anyone can go to church, but um, there's the analogy like, a church is, a, is like a hospital. And who goes to a hospital? Sick people, right? The church is a place where we can be beautifully broken and embrace our differences and the things that we consider flaws because Christ sees them and he chooses to take those and he calls us beautiful and perfect. Um, and I really, really wish that I had recognized that in early high school um, because I felt this huge pressure to have to be you know, this, this image of everything. Right. Um, and because of that, I began to harbor a lot of resentment that pressure turned into an anger. Um, and I was very angry towards God because I was like, this is so unfair. I have to be this everything. And like, what's he doing for me? Obviously there was so many blessings around me that I was just completely, completely blind to. Um, if I could go back and tell myself to just look around at all of the love around me and just to wake up to all of the people who were supporting me and were going to love me unconditionally, including the Lord. The Lord loves us unconditionally. But I really, really resented the position that I was in because I felt this pressure constantly all the time. So that with the, you know, no foundation of faith, all on doubt. So I was already doubting the Lord's, not only his goodness, but his existence. And then I was having this resentment and this anger towards the Lord. Not a great combination. Um, And I took that out on my, on my family and praise, praise the lamb that the Lord has healed and redeemed my relationship with my family. Um, Because man, I was awful to my parents. I was lashing out at them. I would argue with them over the smallest things. Um, 
I was not a pleasant, bright little light in the home. Um, I feel like I was never happy whenever I was at home. Not because I had a, had a bad situation. I'm very blessed to have a very, very supportive family. But just because I was just not a happy human on the inside. Um, I was dealing with anxiety. Like I said, I was just upset, just in a really dark place. Um, and that persisted, honestly, for about two years. Um, I would say consistently, other than when it was building. So yeah, for a long time, I was just living in this pit and I felt like I didn't have any meaning. I felt like I was just wandering through life. Um, and finally, in December of my sophomore year, I was just sitting in my room and one day I just started crying in December and I felt so empty and I couldn't remember the last time I had prayed sincerely other than like when people had asked me to pray in small group and I was like, okay, we got to keep up this image, right? And so I legit prayed and I was like, Lord, I don't know where I am right now. I don't know where you are right now, but whatever I'm doing is not working and I need to be filled with something good. I need to be filled with whatever you have to offer, Lord. Um, and I prayed, just show me how to do that. Please show me how to get back to you. Um, because I, I genuinely just felt like I was standing in the middle of a maze and I didn't know how to get out. And all I could see was the walls around me. And it was very confining and it was very lonely. Um, and a couple weeks later, I had switched back during this time um, in high school to, to my Christian school um, to get that influence again. Because my parents, they could tell something was wrong. You know, parents are not as oblivious as we think they are, guys. <laughs> they are very aware. Um, and we had chapel services. And they had asked me, one of, the, one of the teachers at my school, who I am so blessed to have had such amazing teachers, but asked me to speak in chapel to, you know, give, give a talk. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to do this because everyone thinks I'm this perfect Christian and uh, I have, okay, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. But through doing that, that made me actually get into the word, get into the Bible, study, learn about God's goodness in preparation for this sermon. And that is when I started to feel that fulfillment and that joy. Um, and after I gave that talk, it wasn't just, it was unlike anything I had experienced before. It wasn't just a blank, empty answer of words that I had just heard in church. Um, I felt like it was truly the Holy Spirit working in my heart, working in my life. Um, and so I was able to truly produce, you know, words of, of the Lord that I, that I could back up um, with, with certainty. And that was just the most incredible feeling. I felt so much joy after that, so much peace. I was like hooked after that. Um, I was getting in my Bible more consistently um, because it was like I couldn't get enough of this stuff. I was like, where has this been all my life, right? And it had been there the whole time, just waiting for me. Um, and the cool thing is the Lord started to open more opportunities for ministry for me. Um, I got asked to speak in chapel again. I was asked to, I'd been working in the children's ministry, but I got asked to be a teacher in the children's ministry. Um, I started a middle school girls Bible study in my school because I did not want them to fall into the same things and make the same mistakes that I did in middle school. So also, if any of those middle school girls are listening right now, shout out. Y'all are amazing. We were called the Bright Lights. It was amazing. Definitely, maybe or maybe not based on the Toby Mac song, Light Shine Bright. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so, so fun. Um, but through that, that was constantly getting, keeping me in the word um, because the Lord had clearly shown me like, okay, if you're going to pour out, you got to let me pour into you. 
um, because you cannot pour from that empty cup like we were talking about earlier. So that was that was whenever I was just on fire for the Lord. Complete turnaround was like, like I said, where has this been my whole life? Um, And before I had been wanting to be um, like a journalist, I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted to go up to New York and pursue um, (laughs) like a writing career um, because I feel like the Lord has given me, you know, a passion for writing and for speaking. So I wanted to pursue that in, you know, I guess New York apparently, but with my good old Kentucky, Alabama accent over here. <laughs> um, but I went to a summer camp that year, um, before the summer, before my junior year. And I could not more clearly just feel the Lord knocking on my heart. And I had felt that knocking, you know, for a long time, um, over the, over the months of him being like, Hey, you should do this for the rest of your life. See how much you love it. See how cool this is. See how fulfilling this is to you. Hmm. And I was like, nah, I'm going to be a journalist. It's fine, Lord. Um, and so we had, we had this prayer experience at camp and that is when the Lord just completely busted down the door to my heart. So I'll just give you, yeah, I'll just tell you guys what happened in my heart and in my, in my head during that. So I went into this prayer experience being like, ah, it's a summer camp, you know, it's just prayer experience. I will, you know, I'll do it. I'll forget about it in a couple months, right? No, that's not what happened. Um, I went into this, this prayer experience and there was this station where you would write a sin that you struggled with on a piece of cloth and you would give it to the Bible study leader and they would put it in bleach and then they would pull it out of the bleach and that sin would be gone, right? And it signifies Christ taking our sins. So I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to write until I was staring at it, which is really cool. Um, I got the piece of cloth and I wrote the word pride on it. And then I just sat there for a second looking that I had just written the word pride. And I was confused for a second, but then I was like, wait, this has categorized my life. I have been putting myself before Christ for so long, trying to fulfill my, my needs through like what I think I should look like or how, you know, what I should think, what I should do with my life. I was putting myself before God's plan for my life um, and before others in my life. It was definitely an act of pride whenever I was lashing out in my home all the time, creating that hostile environment for my, for my family. Um, I know that was not fun for them. So my entire life was categorized by me putting myself first. And I will say, I still struggle with pride to this day. I think that's um, something that a lot of people deal with because that is a big part of our fleshly, <laughs> fleshly desires in nature. Um, but when that sin was washed, was washed clean, you know, in the bleach, when the, the, um, the small group leader pulled it out, it was this dawning moment of like, I can't do that again. I can't keep putting myself first because when I put myself first, all that it led to was this destruction of myself. Um, it didn't produce any good fruit. All it produced was fear and insecurity and anger and darkness. And I could not do that again. I was like, I, I have to put Christ first for the rest of my life. Um, and then we went to this next station that it may have just been a prayer, a prayer prompt. Honestly, I don't, I don't remember what the prayer prompt was, but as I was praying, the Lord put this picture in my head of if you've ever been in an airplane and you're taking off in this airplane and you, you go up higher and higher and higher and everything gets smaller below you. And you realize after, after you're what, 30,000 feet in the air, how small we are. Like, you know, you always go up in the plane and you're like, oh my goodness, the cars look like little ants, you know? But I had that picture in my head 
And I was like, if I keep living for myself, I am just so insignificant. This, this world is so fleeting. And I am, I'm one of billions of amazing, wonderful, beautiful image created people that the Lord made. Right. And I was like, the only way that I'm going to be fulfilled in this life is if I do everything in my power for the work of the Lord and for his kingdom. Um, because otherwise I don't know where I'm going to find fulfillment. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get through the rest of this life without just completely offering myself up to the Lord. So, and you can do that in any career. Um, you can do that however you want to live your life. You know, we are vessels for the Lord's work and he gives us so many gifts and talents, um, to do that wherever. Personally for me, um, I felt an inclination towards speaking and writing. Honestly, all my life, I was one of those nerds who like wrote competitively. Like I was on an academic team. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and I would go and I would write essays for fun and I loved it. <laughs> um, and then of course I love, I love public speaking. Hence why I'm on a microphone right now. Um, putting myself on Spotify for everyone to hear, but, <laughs> um, all for the glory of the Lord, of course here, but that's why I choose, I chose to pursue, um, this track of ministry is because, I know that if I were to use my, my own gifts and talents for my own gain, it would just, it would just lead to, to emptiness. Um, so I want to encourage you guys, whatever you do, make sure you're doing it for the glory of the Lord, because not only is our flesh going to always fail us, but this life is, it's fleeting. It is terminal, right? But our life in Christ, whenever we accept salvation and we choose to love God for eternity, we carry that with us throughout our entire lives, like eternally wise. Um, so that is just something I want to encourage you guys to think about, um, is okay. Why am I, why am I doing what I'm doing? Maybe you are in a career. Maybe you are like me, you're in college, you're pursuing a career, or maybe you haven't even thought about what you want to do yet, which is super fun too, super fun phase. But everything that we do, be sure that we're doing it for the glory of the Lord and for the furthering of his kingdom, because that is what is going to give us significance. Um, I saw this, this sermon one time from good old Tim Tebow. We love Tim Tebow. Um, I mean, roll tide for me. I know he was a Gators boy, but I, I, I'm an Alabama fan, but I love me some Tim Tebow. And, and he was giving, giving a, a talk about the difference between importance and significance. So we can, so like we can be important on earth, right? But if we don't have Christ, we have no significance, right? Because our significance and our worth doesn't come from things on this earth. Our worth comes from Christ and who we are. Our identity is rooted in who God created us to be and who he's making us, right? Um, and as we pursue that faith and becoming and growing who he wants us to be, who he created us to be. So, that's, that's my spiel. And of course, after I accepted that call into ministry, of course, I still fell into sin. Um, we still, all of us, we're, we're humans. We're going to sin. We're going to fall into that. But whenever we accept God's gift of salvation and we live with a repentant heart, there is grace for those sins. And that's not something to be taken advantage of. You know, God is not a vending machine. This is not something like, oh man, I, you know, I, I sinned, I, I won't do that again. And then you do it a couple minutes later, you know, and you're like, oh, I have fire insurance, right? <laughs> God is not fire insurance. Um, but whenever we are truly repentant of our sins and to repent doesn't mean to just apologize. To repent means to be truly apologetic for, but most importantly, it means to turn away from, to turn away from that sin 
And sometimes those sins are really big and they're really, really hard. All sins are equal. But to us, certain sins can seem very, very hard and heavy to let go of. And that's valid. But the thing is, the Lord is walking right with us through that. And if you are struggling with sin, he doesn't want you to hide his sin, hide your sin. Whoa, hold up. God never sins. (laughs) Um, He wants to take your sin from you and he wants to crucify it on the cross, right? He wants to take that from you because I feel like whenever we fall into sin, the evil one is immediately going to be like, oh, God doesn't love you. Sorry, you're done. You know, you got to come with me now. Darn. Because of course he's going to try to get us on his side, right? He's he's trying to fight this war against the Lord and he's trying to get as many soldiers as he can. But do not let him fool you. The Lord still loves you when we when you sin. His love is unconditional. And if it if if God's if God didn't love us whenever we sin, why did he send his only son to die the most horrible death imaginable at the time and then rise again three days later, right? Why would he have to do that if whenever we sinned, he was like, oh, sorry, they're out. No, he's like, I want to redeem them. I want to bring them to me. I want to offer them salvation. And that gift is totally free. And that is up to us to choose to accept, which is such an amazing blessing. But if you have any questions about that, definitely, definitely talk to um, a pastor or a parent or someone, someone you trust in the faith. Um, and if you have any questions for me, um, please, please reach out to me. We have an Instagram, um, Bible said what dot pod, please DM me um, or comment on a post something. Um, I would love to talk to you about that. But yeah. That's my, that's my testimony. <laughs> um, yeah, so cool. Hopefully we'll have other testimonies from Alexei and Julia on here. Um, both of their stories are, oh my words, so, so incredible. They're they are such lights and I've loved working with them too and just hearing how God has worked in their lives. But I think that's gonna be it for, for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Definitely be sure that you go follow those Instagram handles so you can keep up with everything that we're doing here. That's Bible said what dot pod on both Instagram and TikTok. Y'all, I have no idea how to work TikTok. So if anything, just follow it because it's gonna be entertaining to see me figure out what on earth I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see you guys there. Thank you so much for listening. I'm gonna pray us out and then we'll go. All right, y'all bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time and this space to just come and to dwell with you and to learn about how you work in our lives, Lord. We like to pray that you will please give us boldness as we go throughout our week, not only to examine our own hearts um, and how you've worked in our lives, or maybe pursue truth um, that are, you know, to fill some doubts that we're struggling with, Lord. Just give us boldness to pursue you with, with our sin, with our doubt, with our hardship, um, but also just in boldness of speaking how you have worked in our lives, you know, giving, giving us life, um, Lord, so we can give that life or show that life to others, God. We'd like to pray that you will please uh, keep everybody safe and protected. We know right now this season is difficult. Um, a lot of college kids doing, doing midterms, things like that. So we pray that you'll please be with us. Give us wisdom and safety. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. <laughs>